Welcome to Money Talks. My name is Mike Campbell, and I am sincerely glad you're with me. I'm really thrilled when people email me or, or DM me or whatever it is on Twitter and say that they've recommended the show to their friends. I do appreciate that. I mean, the goal of Money Talks is straightforward. I think we're in a period of historic change. People are going to be roadkill if they don't do the right kinds of things. That's why, by the way, going back a few years, I'm so pleased that we emphasize so heavily that you should lock in your interest rates right around the lows. We were talking about, you know, September of 2020. Well, that's one of our goals. And today we're going to deal with some more of that and it's how to protect yourself. Mark Leibovit is going to be with me, uh, vrtrader.com. But we're going to be talking about uranium. We're going to talk about gold. We're going to talk about the old commodity sector, including silver, too. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, opportunities there. Uh, also going to talk more with Ozzy about a new TD Bank report about our real estate market that will grab your attention. Uh, Victor Dare, three central banks all got together this week. They all raised their interest rates. Uh, what does it mean to us? What does it mean to the markets? Michael Levy is going to be talking more about the inflation story in North America, inflation story reflected in the interest rate scenario. So there's no shortage of things to talk about. Plus, I've got a great goofy award for you. I mean, it's one of the silliest things I hear when it comes to sort of business slash finance from the political crowd. My goodness, it's ridiculous. We'll talk more about that. But first, today I'm going to start with the shocking stat, which serves as another reminder, as Anne Rand stated, you can ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of reality. And the reality is Canada is going to face a rental and affordable housing crisis of historic proportions. And the social implications are profound. And I can hear some people saying, what do you think we have now? And they're right. I mean, I saw that tweet by uh, NDP leader in Alberta, Rachel Notley, saying, you know, talking to a woman who saw their rent go up $600. You know, in Toronto, I guess I was looking at it on Friday, tenants in several buildings have gone on a rental strike. I mean, there's no shortage of stories. So here's my point. It's about to get worse. And the social fallout is going to be absolutely profound throughout the country. Because the math is clear. You want to talk politics? Fine. I'm talking math. Two million newcomers from 2022 to 2025. Two million people in three years? I, I bet it'll be more too, by the way. In a country where we already have a shortage of housing, which has pushed rents and house costs to unaffordable levels for millions of people. And it won't matter where your political allegiances lie. I mean, the math makes the crisis unavoidable. And it's been obvious for years. All three levels of government have contributed to the problem. Well, more than uh, contributed, they created it. That's a point I'd like you to take home. They created it. There are many contributing factors, of course, to the current housing problem. I mean, you've got taxation and fees, regulation, pushing the cost of housing up. De facto rent controls in some jurisdictions, well, it guarantees that the landlords can't recover their costs. For things like, well, you've got higher property taxes or inputs like utilities, insurance costs. Well, that's going to discourage building. Well, we need the supply. And a point that politicians and many others don't seem to understand, and this is important. You know, if you're choosing where to invest your money, the investment environment has changed. I mean, think about the risks and the headaches, uncertainty. They're not attractive for some investors to go into uh, development, especially when the alternative, though, is a guaranteed 5% return in fixed income. And you don't have much risk. So the incentive to increase supply by building more is diminished. Now, I know Ozzy and I regularly focus on how governments have persistently raised the cost of housing and rents. So today, 
I'm going to not focus on those. No, I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to be focusing on the shocking increase in immigration, student visas, and work permits that have taken place without serious plans by the government to house them. In fact, they've been the problem. Now, you tell me how that happens. I don't know. I mean, I've been warning since October 220 when the federal government made their announcement, hey, we've got a new target for immigration, 1.2 million over three years. Well, on Money Talks, we simply asked, where's the plan to house them? House the newscomers. But there was none. And that guaranteed the problems we're already witnessing today. But my point, I still don't even see this understood by many people who follow this, is that it's going to get far worse. It's going to be a real crisis. Let me be perfectly clear, though. I'm not talking about the need for immigration. No. I mean, Canada's got a replacement birth rate of 1.4, well below the 2.1 needed to maintain the population. So we need immigration to foster economic growth, help maintain our workforce in the face of an aging population. I mean, to sustain our pensions because they're predicated on more people entering the workforce than retiring. No, we need immigration. What I'm talking about is the mind-blowing incompetence from government that there was no plan for housing. Even those those targets were well announced. I mean, what a shock. People have to live somewhere. The result is that rents have skyrocketed in major centers. We now hear an increasing number of stories of some immigrants being forced to live in homeless shelters because there's no housing available. Some have even left Canada because of the lack of housing. While the three levels of government are scrambling to address a problem that was clearly created by government. But here's the point. It was easily anticipated years ago. You know, in June, World Refugee Day, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau stated, everyone deserves a safe place to call home. Man, that may be the definition of absolutely empty rhetoric. Because for literally tens of thousands of newcomers, there are no homes, no chance of a home. I'm just going to give you these numbers. And I know I go on a bit about this kind of research, but I really want to get you, give you a sense of this. The Immigration, Refugee and Citizen Canada announced this week that in 2022, Canada protests approximately 698,000 new work permits. That's over 500,000 more than in 2021. Plus, you got approximately 671,000 study permits. You know, 167,000 more than 221, and you got a 52,000 more permanent residents in 2022. But somehow it's a shock to government that they have to live somewhere. And housing starts aren't even keeping close to what's needed. Yeah, I know some months are better. June was a pretty good month. But that came after April and May, saw multi-unit urban starts decline by 30%. But even at the rate of the best months, we're not close to what's needed. The CMHC estimates that Canada would need approximately 5.8 million new homes by 2030, just to help create more affordability in housing. Well, the point is even the best months don't even get halfway to that target, let alone the slower months. So my point, get ready. More severe problems of affordable rents and housing are inevitable in such a dramatic fashion. And when you want to look at what happened, well, it's government. I have no confidence that they can solve this problem that they clearly created.